Thank you for downloading Fearless in Devotion, a podcast all about Wrexham AFC. Here they come, our mighty champions, raise your voices to the anthem, marching with our mighty army, Wrexham is the name, fearless in devotion, rising to promotion. Christ on all, welcome back to Fearless in Devotion, sponsored of course, as you all know by now, by the Fat Boar Bar and Restaurant. So the winning run comes to an end, nil-nil, but some moving goalposts, quite literally, Andy. Although you didn't see that, did you? You were away getting no. a burger, weren't you? No, I had a cheap, come on, you know, I had a cheese onion slice, I had a packet of crisps and I had a, and I had a water and then, uh, and then I had a Kit Kat. Yes, you did, you did. This guy puts away some food. Um, no, yeah, what, what, uh, what did you make of the game in general? Uh, I think it's a pitch, isn't it? They, uh, Bromley were first to, well, I wouldn't say first to every ball, but they just knew where the ball would bounce and they were there. And we weren't because we're not used to that. The bounce is the bounce, the spin. It's so, it's so strange. You can't, you can't trust a pass or you can't trust a, trust a, a high ball. So, you know, Bromley know how to play that. We never I, I got to grips. I don't want to say fantastic pitch theory. But Stockport don't play in a plastic pitch, and they went and won their three-one. So, well, you know. you know, sometimes if you score at the right time, you you get to you you get to to force a game out. We just didn't. We didn't. We didn't score. Um, we didn't play. We didn't play the pitch, and you know, fair enough. We didn't lose. So that's the other thing. Last year we would have lost that two-nil. This year we didn't. This year, this year we we came away with a point, and it's a good point. Yeah, I think our the consensus we had in the pub after the game, Andy, wasn't it? Was that it was really not a disaster by any stretch of the imagination. It was. It's always a tough place to go, uh, and yet we kept a clean sheet. Uh, there, there was very little to shout about, wasn't there? I thought Jordan Davis played well when he came on, which is reassuring. Yeah, I'm sure for everyone who wasn't there to hear, he looked really sharp. Uh, that totally ball, bad. remember that ball? He, he, he uh, oh my god, he played. He played one hand. ball. He played one diagonal sort of 70-yard ball to Mullin, which was like perfectly in line with us. And it was one of the best passes I've ever seen. And then poor old Paul literally then missed his touch and it went in, and, it, and it went and it rolled out into touch. And it was one of the saddest things I've seen because we all got so excited by the pass. And then uh, Mullin, he, didn't have, he had a poor game, didn't he, Mullin? He, he didn't look at it yeah. at his best yesterday. No, he was the one who most who most struggled with the pitch, I think. Because if you're sort of if you're sort of working off a, a big man, you need to anticipate where the ball's going to go and you just can't tell where the ball's going to go. And I think the couple of times he was put through, like that Jordan Davis, he just lost his footing. He he didn't really seem comfortable at all. No, no. But Liam, are you listening to it? I imagine it was quite a dour listen. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's far, far from a disastrous result. I've seen one or two slightly dramatic reactions I just think you know we're still we're still on an unbeaten run it did sound like a dull game to watch but as Andy said you know last year we could very well very easily have lost that and when you look at away games as well you know we've been I think we've been doing better than expected in away games and you look at it now we've got a run of home games if we can really get a run together of our home form you know, that's that's where the points are to be taken as far as I'm concerned in the next few games. Yeah. Was it a penalty? Johnson, was it? I what I thought it was, but I've I'd I'd very much like to see the highlights which will have come out by the time this podcast goes out. It was a long way from us. He definitely knocked it past him and he got knocked over. Was he strong enough on his feet is the only very niggling doubt in my mind in that the ref thought not enough in that but for me from where I was standing it looked like a pen yeah okay. it's a pen <laughs> don't see the replay yet there's, there's, there's plenty of points to play for but let's have a straw poll can we catch Stockport yes or no straightforward Andy uh, well, Leighton's, Leighton's out is a big blow no Liam uh, I've thought for a couple of weeks really that it's a it's a big ask. So no, I think top two or three has to be the uh, the aim now. I think Reese. 
Well, the question was, can we? Yes is the answer to that. Will we? I don't think we will. But we definitely can. Everyone says, oh, lots of twists and turns to come. As soon as the first twist come, everyone goes, oh, the season's over. We might as well forget about the top spot now. Stockport only have to lose two games and we win two, and we're right back in it. So, And we beat them. So everyone needs to enjoy the ride. Did the moving goalposts move? Yes. One, honestly, one of the weirdest things I've ever seen, and we had this exact discussion in the terrace uh, when, we, when we were watching it, would they have allowed the goal? Because I think it was Reese Hall Johnson or James Jones, I can't remember who, down the right-hand side, right to the byline, crossed the ball, sort of floated it at the back post. Ollie Palmer jumps up with the two defenders, from my memory, sort of sandwiching him. So this massive sort of weight then sort of went at the back post. And the, and, and he got ahead to it, I think, or someone got ahead to it and went towards goal. But they all kind of clattered into the far post and moved the goal along with them. It must have moved about at least a yard. Um and we thought it got in, so we was we. I think quite a few people celebrated because the net um, ruffled, but it became obvious it hit the side netting. Uh, but even so, yeah, even with moving the goalposts, literally, we were unable to unable to capitalise. But uh, it would certainly have been a, a unique goal. But anyway, that's enough about a Dow and nil nil draw. Um, Tim, when you tell us what we've got coming up now and intro the, the next segment of the podcast. Uh, it's the long-awaited part two of our interview with former Wrexham player, current Leicester goalkeeper and current Wales number one, Danny Ward. Um, he took us through his uh, sort of career pathway last time on the sort of domestic front, like you know, Wrexham Academy and so on and so forth in Liverpool. And this time we've decided to discuss all about Wales, um, how he rose to sort of uh, use of Wayne Hennessy as number one and uh, where it all started. I think it was your third cap, so it would have been your, your third cap, but it was your full debut. So I, I was one of tens of thousands of Welsh fans in Bordeaux for that opening game against Slovakia, and it was such a nice day. It was such an amazing stadium. Everything was perfectly set. And then news filtered through that, oh, you know, Danny Ward starting in goal. And I was like, well... Did you say it was the money that I had from Rexham? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was this weird thing, because, like, Wayne Hennessy is, literally has been part of the furniture. Well, and you can't imagine... It was almost at the point where you couldn't imagine anybody else being in goal, because he's been there that long. So when he wasn't there, and you were in the lineup, and there's, like, this... I mean, for me, there's, like, a sense of nervous excitement, because... From knowing that you were from Rex, I was like, oh, God, I hope it goes well for him. <laughs> there's, 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 there's pockets of people in the crowd going, come on, Danny, come on, you can do it. And it was just like, it was mad. Because for so long, I, I, it's definitely like a North Wales goalkeeper union for Wales. Mm. You know, Nev, Wayne, yourself, uh, Paul Jones. There's been, there's been loads, loads from up here for whatever reasons. It must be something in the water. But yeah, that, that that day was I don't know what it was. It just we were just like, okay, this is the point where he steps up. It's it's the big stage. Yes, we know about the out, outfield players. There's gonna be a lot of a lot of commentators and so on and so forth that might not necessarily know about you and a few of the others or to a lesser extent. So when was it did he have a twinge in his back, Wayne, I think? Was it quite late on in the warm-up? I can't remember. We um so when we flew from our base into Bordeaux, we were stuck on the runway for ages because we landed on the wrong, uh, the wrong runway. Right. And I think that played a part in Wayne's back season up. Yeah. Uh, so by the time we got to the hotel, I remember we were all in the treatment room together, just having a bit of a social, like music was on, lads are dead relaxed. You'd never think we were playing our first game of a Euros. Everyone dead relaxed, having a, good, a laugh and a joke. And Wayne was on the physio bed and I thought nothing of it. We were just having a normal conversation. Uh, I went down for breakfast and I was sharing a room with Johnny Williams, who I was given a, he was starting, he, we knew he was starting. I was giving a bit of sticks and like, oh, big game this, pal. <laughs> oh, you better turn up today. Imagine, oh, first game of your Johnny Williams is playing. I can't wait to watch you play today, Johnny. Can't wait. And I kept saying that Skirtle's going to uh, 
gonna gonna eat you up because I knew Martin from Liverpool, which he eventually did in hindsight. Yeah. Um, so we got down for breakfast that morning, and uh, Martin Margotson pulled me. He was just like, "Oh, Wardy, can you have a, a bit of a chat?" Yeah. I thought he was going to give me all the the sort of you know the, the normal spiel of you know we're going to play, we're going to start with Wayne and that, which everyone, everyone, no one needed to say anything. Everyone knew that was going to happen. And he was like, listen, Wayne's struggling. And then Cookie walked in and he goes, all right, big fella. I was like, yeah. Was, you do a job for me today, won't you, big fella? I was like, yeah. He went, good. And then like smiled and walked out. And then Martin Magdalene's like, listen, you know, you've been brilliant with us. Um, you'd have played a lot earlier, but obviously Wayne's been brilliant and stuff. He said, but you're ready. I've got every faith in you. Uh, and I was, I was fine. Um, no sort of nerves, no time to think about it. Uh, went upstairs, didn't tell Johnny because I knew that he'd come back for me. <laughs> um, so I got all the gear together, went down to the meeting room and the gaffers put the, put the team up on and I've just seen Johnny just look down the line of the meeting <laughs> and, and started giggling and I've kind of sunk back like the, the old Homer Simpson meme in the hedge. Um, so the nerves started going a little bit then and and the gaffer had put together this uh, family and friends video. So the boys who had like, you know, the wives and kids and the mums and dads, the sisters, brothers, all with um, good luck messages, you know, because uh, we've been away from it. We've been in camp in Portugal and we've been in Sweden. So we've been away for a while before the Euros had even started. And uh, I thought, oh, my family aren't going to be on there. You know, just, you, know, you want all the big hitters on there, don't you? You want, you know, Gazi's mum and dad and, you know, the skipper's mum and dad and, Next thing you know, they're, they're in the bar at the back of the garden in Hard, and it's my mum and dad, and my brother, and my two brothers are stood there with a the flag. It's like all the best. I'm thinking, what is going on here? And then you see the lads around, you're all welling up, and you think, oh, God, I'm going to go. I've got to play a game in a minute. Uh, the journey was incredible. Um, obviously, were you there when we were walking, went on the pre match walk by the tram going up past the hotel? It, was, it must have been a thousand Wales fans following us on a walk. No, I remember seeing it, but I wasn't there for that one. No, I wasn't we, Yeah, but I didn't know I was playing then. So again, I'm, I'm winding Johnny up. Going, Look at all, they've come to see you, Johnny. They've all come here to Bordeaux <laughs> just to watch Johnny Esther play against Slovakia. Uh, came to the ground. Where everything was fine. Warm-up was normal. And then you start hearing the, all the commotion outside, the Wales fans chanting and stuff into the changing room. I remember Big big Ginge, Big James Collins, coming up to me. Um and just put his arm around my shoulder and said, you're all right, you are. And then walked off and I thought, yeah, you know what? I am all right. <laughs> you think about it, you know, you played football all your life, so just go and play football. Go and, go and try and keep the ball at the net. And then the, like, the game's a bit of a blur. Yeah. The anthem was incredible, I must say. It was, you know, I could have had a tear during the anthem. It was unbelievable. Uh, most the, of game start, the game starts, all I remember from the game is three moments. I know what they're going to be, go on. <laughs> ham, ham sick. Yeah. I, I don't even think I touched the ball. Ham sick chops uh, the whole team. And Ben Davis clears off the line. Then I remember, I don't remember Gaz's free kick. About watching it back, I, I just, I completely don't remember it going in. Good goal, good, good goal, bad goalkeeping. I remember that, Dan. He's kind of... uh, goalkeeper's union. I don't think he'll ever see it. So I can't remember his name. <laughs> Brilliant free kick. Yeah. Um, I remember their goal and thinking, oh, no, mm. it's going to be... And we're going to fall to the category of, of Wales teams of the past where we've, we've got ourselves in the position and, and we might end up chucking it away. We all knew how important it was to start the tournament with at least a point. You know, you need to start. If you lose the first game in the tournament, you're bang under pressure. We all, we've all been taught that. And then obviously the goal. I remember the goal, uh, how shinning it in. Yeah. And just the, the release at full time was. I remember someone, someone tagged me in a video where I, I was quite prominent on Twitter back then. I was on, you know, my younger days, as if I'm really old now. Um, and they'd zoomed in. And I remember, I don't remember. I, I took a, uh, I think it was a free kick and a, I did it down the line and Gaza's headed it out. And the final whistle went on the geezer. I don't know why. It's behind the goal. He zoomed in. 
And I, I looked like a madman. I looked like I was going into the octagon, like to do MMA. I was just screaming. I was red faced. Arms were going everywhere. You thought we'd have won the whole thing. It was yeah. just that—that uh, that was my final because I knew, I knew that Wayne would, you know, he'd come back and if he was fit, he'd play an England game, which he absolutely deserved after the way he'd been and and performed throughout qualifiers. Uh, people always talk about Gaz's goals and his performances, but. Wayne was exceptional in that qualifying campaign. So I knew that he'd be back in if he was fit. Um, so I knew, I, I coming off, I was, it was probably the proud, one of the proudest moments I'd ever felt in life, never mind in football. It was just amazing. First start, big country, in a major tournament, in the pressure cooker of the Euros, and we win. It was just, it, it was amazing. I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't even change it for a clean sheet because it wouldn't have the same drama. Yeah. It was I think, incredible. I think even then, even though we we qualified and we we ended up sort of slightly qualifying in the hard way, slightly. Even when we got there, I think any Welsh fan, realistically, who was there, would have said, "Look, if this just turns out to be it, fine. You know, mm-hmm. if we get no points from this qualifying group, fine. We're here. They can never take that away. So, for us to win it and the, and the, in the manner we did, and then." Obviously, the England one, we don't really need to speak about that too much. <laughs> Your colleague um, at last. Oh, yeah, that's another one as well. <laughs> um, I don't want to see him tomorrow now when I go into training. No, We're going to no, be having a right, no. Barney. Just tell him he should have got sent off in that game. That's fine. <laughs> and, then, and then, obviously, the, uh, you know, the, the Russia game is, is, is as complete a performance as you'll ever see from any Wales side mm. ever. In history, I don't think you know. It was incredible. Oh, it was just everything about it. You know, the the sunset, the venue, everything. Again, it it felt similar to Bordeaux. It was like it's kind of feel like it's all set up in our favour, and everything. All the cards seem to be falling in the right way. I don't know. I remember Guns uh, in the it had been the second half, and we were we were thinking we were three over the time, and we we're popping the ball around, and we looked like Brazil of yeah. all. We were incredible. We're popping it around. And the lads on the bench, we weren't even saying anything. We we're just watching it all, thinking, "This is Wales. Like we are unbelievable at football today. Or what is going on?" Yeah. I remember looking at the gaffer, proudest punch on the side, and Gunter, the, the ball had been. He had the ball. He switched it to the side, and he turned around to the gaffer and went, "Gaffer, enjoy this," and then cracked on. And, and I thought, "Yeah, we should. All, everyone should enjoy this." You know, these. I can't remember a performance like it ever from yeah. a Wales team. It was absolutely an unbelievable night. Obviously, Northern Ireland game was a squeaky one. Managed to sort of nick it a fairly ugly game, and then, well, then the Belgium game was, was uh, again. I mean, for me, it's one of the to to be there for all of it was was a privilege. You know, to to, to be there as a, as a player in the, in in the camp. You know, you played a game and then you've kind of you've been a been a spectator like the rest of us. But essentially, you kind of you're a fan, yeah. but you're ready to play. I mean, what what were the thoughts of that? Because it, you look at obviously they started well. They take the lead. And you're thinking, oh, this could be this is this is maybe it. But you know what? So what? There's no disgrace in, in what we've achieved. So for the way to pan out the way it did in the most extraordinary manner, um, with probably something you never would have expected to score in Ash. Yeah. Scoring a goal in a, in a fashion nobody has ever dared to try since, <laughs> <laughs> and, and then obviously the don't you cross that fucking ball to oh, Big Sam? So yeah, iconic. I mean, what, what was it, to be? I mean, what was it like in the dressing room after that? I mean, we've seen the pitch and stuff, but did I mean, as professionals, you've got to think right. Yeah, we can have this moment, but we've got to like we've got to park, you know, because we've now got. We've got Portugal in the semi-final. At what point do you have to go? Yeah, it's party time, but we've now got to refocus. Is that is it because I imagine the gaffer gives you so much time, but then says, "Right, I'm trusting you to get decent kip in, ready for the next day." It was. Um, it was. The change room was was electric. Obviously, we had, we had a, the beers were in there, the music went on. I just remember. I remember Joe Ledley being sat in the corner shouting, and he was going, "What have we just done?" What have we just done? Like it, it was, it was incredible atmosphere. 
and then we always we go back and we all have a, a party, a few beers and that in the hotel. And I actually went to the family's hotel that night uh, to go and see my family and my, and my missus. And the following, the, the, the masterstroke that, that Cookie had was any, after every game, no matter where we were, the day after, before we fly, we'd always fly back in like the late afternoon, early evening. So the day after, we'd, there'd be food put on, uh, all the families would come to the players' hotels and you all sit there, all to, not like in little bits, all kind of here, there and everywhere, everyone together, uh, all the families were all obviously going through it as well. Uh, they're all, they've made new friends and uh, people have known each other for a long time. Everyone's just integrated, having a, a good life. It was just a real amazing social gathering. And you look round and you've got you know, my my mum speaking to Chris Coleman and then I look the other way and, and my dad and James Chester's dad, they're going around trying to get all the lads to sign shirts. And <laughs> it was just all a bit, it was a bit mad. Um, but then we get the flight home and when you wake up the next day in Denard, you think, right, we're not just, we're here to do a job now. We're going to enjoy it. Of course we're going to enjoy it. We've never been here before. And by enjoying it, I think it helped relax us and I think it helped with how we played on the pitch. It, it kind of, it, it gave us no fear. Uh, and the Belgian game is a perfect example of that. They score a brilliant goal from Angleton and then the shackles come off. We face adversity how many times in the past as a, as a nation? So it's like, this is not new to us. Going 1-0 down. Yeah, it might be a different setting, a different arena and stage, but we've been in this position before. There's nothing, there's nothing to fear. Let's, let's, go, let's go and do what we do. Let's go and show people what we're about. And, and that was the attitude right away from the first game up until the semi-final. And that, put, marry that together with an amazing team spirit. Mm. Not just the, the players, but everyone, the, you know, from the chef to the manager, you know, the kangaroo courts, all that sort of stuff was incredible. We had boys who'd been together a long time in terms of we had the big core players all got into the team young, all played in the 21s together. You had Gareth Bale, Aaron Ramsey, Joe Allen was unbelievable in that tournament. The back three, the wing backs, everything was knitted. Everyone knew the role down to a T. It was just, it was sort of the perfect marriage with what we had. And, and we had a, looking back, being part of the Wales squad now, I think not just as players, I think as fans, we appreciate now how good that team actually was in terms of quality. We, yes, we, we knew we, we'd have to defend. We knew we had the, the, magic, the magic dust with Gaz. But we had good quality, we were good quality everywhere over the pitch. Um, so to look back on that now, it's just, it was incredible. Incredible. The, the, the summer of our lives, it, it was, it was said, one of the boys said to me, it was like a stag do for seven, eight weeks. <laughs> yeah. But we were playing football and winning games of football. It was incredible. Yeah. Uh, best summer of my life. Yeah. Best summer of my life, I'd say. Really? Incredible. Yeah. yeah. And that, that you inc- you include that even, even over the fact that you played in Euro 2020 last year as, as the main goalkeeper, you would still regard that as the best summer despite less less minutes on the pitch just yeah. because of the experience. It, it's the, it was the first time for us all. We were all in the same boat. Yeah. Uh, this time around, it, it didn't take any sort of shine off this Euros in terms of, we've, if anything, it helped us. We knew We know what we've got in the group, we know we've got talent, maybe we've got nowhere near as much experience as what that team had. You know, we've, we've got the ages vary a lot different in this in this group now. We've got a lot of younger players. But there was a core of us who had all been to the, the first Euros in 2016 who tried to help the younger lads. Not, not so much on the pitch, but in terms of how to deal with everything, you know, the surroundings, the, the sort of fanfare that goes along with, with the major tournament. So... Without, even though I played in this one, without Euro 2016, I don't think we would have done as we wouldn't have, we'd have struggled to get out of the group this year. I mean, that's just my opinion because we had the experience in and around in and around the younger boys who have all who have all got a lot of talent. And, it, and I don't know what you think, Tim, but this summer 
I felt getting up the group, I thought was a, a massive achievement this time around. Yeah, I, th- I think I think we 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 were all sat languish, languishing in pubs and and bars and and just wishing we were there because mm. I don't care what anybody says. I mean, if 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 you're a player and you don't have that backing, all right, there was a small band, a very small band that made it out, but you know to have what we'd had at 2016 and you know the the red wall became this thing on its own on its own terms for that not to be there is going to have an effect on any team i think you know and then you look yeah. at that game you look how much advantage there was there and you know that ultimately had a bit of a an effect on that result i would say but yeah we we all enjoyed it because you know nobody really it was one of those it's like you, you kind of manage your expectations so to to go to one euros and first major tournament you know that that long to do it again so soon we're like wow this is this is the golden age you know this this yeah. really and it's easy for us to say that because of, of how um how sort of barren it was in the years up until then you know and and and, and the, the the tragedy with with speedo and then cookie not not initially doing it on his own terms or trying to follow suit and then deciding right i've got to do it my way even now you know obviously we, we can't we can't discuss it but you know with your people with, with Giggsy and then a very 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 um clever and and probably the, the correct decision to get Rob in and, and to keep that transition as as minimal as possible you know, for it, to, it, it kept the continuity for the players as well you know I think, you know what I, I think again you know he's 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 made his stock has has gone up you know as and when yeah. the time comes that he decides, or whoever else decides that, you know, Rob and Wales have to part ways. He he will if he wants to get a club job at a very reasonable level. I, I, I would imagine because yeah. he he has shown he's not afraid to make the big decisions where it matters and and change you up and bring these players through. I mean, you know, we're now speaking about players, younger players that are, are playing at a decent level. There's many many moons ago with the greatest respect to the likes of, of of our own club and stuff, you may be sort of like digging around for like the Stevie Evans and the Mark Jones because we didn't really have that pool of talent that we've got now. And that yeah. tells you more about the infrastructure of the FAW, what it's been invested in. So to, to have the likes of, you know, everybody's excited about Brennan Johnson. Everybody's excited to see another animal in Ethan Ampadu with his experience in, in, in Italy. So yeah, it's just, it's just a, a crazy exciting time. So Obviously, the Euro's just gone. You played a, a big role in that. Um, was there any particular highlight for you, or is that the obvious one, the Turkey game? Yeah, the, the Turkey game, again, a good performance. It was different. It, it was like an away game. Like you say, there was no fans, and you were surrounded by 30-odd you know, thousand Turkish fans. Yeah. But we, we embraced it, and, it, and obviously come out with a good performance, good result. Uh, but I'd say the most poignant bit was was after the Italy game. Uh, obviously, we go down to we're one nil down. We go down to ten men. We showed some showed some bollocks there, by the way. Mm-hmm. In the in that in that part of Rome, in the Stadio Olimpico against the eventual winners, it was just it, it kind of it proved to ourselves like you know we've we've got a bit about us here. And yes, the next round they didn't go to plan. But it was like, no, we've we've got something to work with here. The foundations of what a Wales team should be. We've seen it in that second half there. Everyone running for each other, going the extra mile. We we could have nicked a draw, by the way, if Gaz Gaz were scored. Um, But after that game, so you have the nervous little wait for the the screens to come up with the Swiss score and stuff. Um, So obviously that was was satisfying. Everyone's happy about that. We we enjoyed it that night in, in Rome. But it was Father's Day. Um, and I was sat in the change room, and, and amongst all the all the nonsense, all the lads, you know, your music blaring, and everyone's cheering and stuff. I I thought, oh, shit, I haven't spoken to my son. <laughs> uh, so I, I went out, and after I after I got off the phone to him, I was sat there looking around, thinking, this is this is all right. It was a bit of a pinch me moment. Sat in the Stadio Olimpico, speaking to my son, who has no idea about football. He's only two. He doesn't, he's never experienced, he doesn't know about the history of like Wales before in Euro 2016. It's my second Father's Day and I'm here and we've qualified. 
I've, it was just a, a surreal moment. It was so good. And then obviously we we, had, we enjoyed the night and we, uh, <laughs> so we went for a tour the day after, right? Everyone's a little bit worse for wear. Uh, just to, to go and see like the Coliseum and, and all, the, all the sort of landmarks in Rome. I remember we all put our names down. I, you know, IG, Ian Gwynn? Yeah, yeah. Legend. He was coming around asking everyone who wants to go on and stuff. And I was sat at the table next to Joe Roden, who was a proper Swansea. He's a proper Swansea boy. He's hilarious. And he's funny, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, he's hilarious. And we were sat there. It doesn't mean to be, though. He's just a bit daft. So IG's coming around going, lads, who wants to go on the tour? So everyone else on the table was like, oh, yeah. How many times are you going to get to come to Rome and go on this trip? And I look at him and went, Joe, you're not going to come. I don't need to come, do I? I was like, why? I'm already good at geography. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Jesus but he was God. looking all laughing at him. He was going, what? Oh, but he come up with some beauties in, like, in, that, in that week in Rome. I don't know. It must have been the sun getting to him. I remember. Seen some of the some of the stuff that's put out in the FAW socials involving Joey Rodon. It's just hilarious. He's just, I mean, I, I said to, I said to my mate, he's a Swansea fan. I was like, is he putting this on? He goes, no, he's just genuinely like that. I mean, I've got on my phone. I've I took notes of some of the things that he come out with. <laughs> right, and I'll just give you. I will say more. I'll just give you a, a little. <laughs> I, I, I can, I can empathise with you. I, I had a, a, a workmate who was very dense and she said some insane stuff like, you know, nuns living in unry. I said, what, what do monks live in? She said, a monkery. Clearly not. <laughs> That's the kind of level you're working with. <laughs> so, we, so obviously we've qualified. It's a couple of days after the tour incident. Um, and we're walking off the pitch in Rome. It's, it's boiling up. And we're walking up the steps to the changing room and the quote is, Woody, feels like we're abroad, man. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, granted, we had been away from home for about six weeks. Uh, one of the ones, oh, West, I can't, what happened? When we were playing the Czech Republic, he goes, yeah. West Ham always sign players from the Czech Republic. They love a Scandinavian player. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you just need to do a book called Rodanisms and then just whack these on each page. That'd be a gold, that'd be a bestseller. I'd pay good money for that. Honestly, legend. Yeah. Legend of a guy. What a bloke. Um, yeah. Good to see him get some game time at, at Spurs. Um, hopefully, fingers crossed. So, obviously, uh, you just you, you touched on the Czech Republic game. Let's not kick the ass out of that moment, that, that little moment you had over there. But I mean, I, I've told you this in Nottingham. But even even though, and you said you, by your admission, you know, it's just an error. It's one of those things. Everybody in the in the way and just started applauding. Go, it doesn't matter. Let's just just keep at it, keep at it. And I think the, the the spirit that is fostered within the team is definitely extended out to the fans, and it's there. Definitely, this, you know. Um, together stronger mantra which has continued so yeah when that went in it was like a collective sort of sigh but like doesn't matter it doesn't matter because we're still in this we're playing well we'll be all right and i, m- I remember you doing the post-match press conference i think after that one and, and then it was subsequently a few other games because the danny ward champ was just non-stop so yeah. it's been a massive massive confidence boost to you yeah especially the game in Tallinn a few days later yeah. Um, it was freezing, wasn't it? It was, it was Baltic, <laughs> and and the walk because it was so cold. Do you remember the the tunnel was on the on the behind the goal, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as we walked out, as soon as we stepped out to come out and do the goalie warm up, you could just see the, the red wall on the top of the stand, and from the moment we stepped out the tunnel, they were singing Danny Danny Ward, and it was just like yeah. Any sort of sort of anxiety that you may have had beforehand of, oh, but you know what? Not what people are going to think, but you kind of put pre- you, you put pressure on yourself now, Danny. You've got to, you've got to perform now, and you, you've got to not make up for what you did. But it's a case of you've got to show that you're you're mentally strong enough now to deal with this because this is football. 
Yeah. Uh, but I mean, as soon as you come out and hear that, it's it's sort of melts away, and you go, yeah. And you go back to the mode of before the Slovakia game. It's it's lines on a pitch with goalposts and a ball. You played it yeah. all your life. Everyone makes mistakes. It doesn't matter if it's football or, or whatever. You crack on. Um, and it's how you respond to it. And it's not something I, I, I think about a lot. It, it happened. We can't change it. They'll probably be popping up in on Blu-ray in a few years or people will be able to get it on YouTube and stuff, which uh, <laughs> will be a nice reminder in the years to come. But um, it's, it's, all part of, it's all part of the story, isn't it? We, yeah. Wow. We, we, that happens and then we, we, we nick a result yeah. in Estonia. We nick a point in uh, against Belgium and we give ourselves a, a right good chance of getting to a World Cup. Yeah, take us to that because you know, to playing in two Euros is 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 great and it's it's you know it's going to look great in years to time. You, know, you look back on it with with a fondness, but for Wales to get to a World Cup would be quite something, wouldn't it? I mean, we've got you know it's not long now. We've got Austria. A home sold out Cardiff City Stadium. It's going to be a crazy atmosphere, and then the winner of that. I hope well, the winner of that then is, is, is a winner takes all versus either Scotland or Ukraine. Um, I mean, it's it's as high it's as high pressure and as high drama as it gets, isn't it? I mean, th- does that not enter your your thinking, or because c- you because you know who we've got? But you, you, you sort of ch- you channel your focuses and your energies into your club commitments for now. But sh- is it always there? Just thinking that it's not long, but because of the camp as well, because you haven't seen the players so long and you get yeah. back, it just picks up. This the break from the November camp to the March camp is always it feels like forever. Yeah, because we're all we're all mates as well, you know. All right, we're a team and stuff, but we're we're all good pals. We've all known each other for a long time. So you know you miss you miss your mates. You you might see someone fleetingly uh, like if we play Spurs, you might see Ben and Joe, uh, Burnley. You might see Wayne for a split second, but it's not it's not the same. Um, but this time around, it's it's the holy grail, isn't it? it? It can't come quick enough. The games in March because for for nations like ourselves, who it's been so long, you know, teams you know you might have the English team who think their holy grail is winning the World Cup. You know they they smash qualifying every year quite comfortably. Whereas for us, it's it's been that that hurdle, that, that one place that we've not been able to get to. Mm. So to be able to do that and give and give sort of the fans what, what they deserve as well, like the, the way that they've been, as well, I say that probably since I've been involved in the last, what, eight, eight nine years has been it's been unbelievable like they, they des- I think they deserve that the traveling the numbers everywhere the atmosphere is incredible they're brilliant with the players and like you said there's a real connection there now something that may have been lost in the past where, which mm-hmm. there's a real sort of strong bond now um, between the players and the staff and the fans and it, it, it when you walk into the Cardiff City Stadium and it's rocking it, it does feel like it's not 11 v 11 on the pitch it, or 12 v 11 it feels like the nation, the whole nation, is in that stadium with you because it's so loud, and it, it, the difference it makes in terms of the psyche of a player, both home and away, is is massive. So, to, regardless of who we got in the draw, the fact that we've got two, well, potentially two home games to get to a World Cup, I think is is the biggest result we could have asked for in the draw. No, I'm not too fussed who we play. But the the big factor for me was the home game, mm. especially after that. You know, the, the fans not being able to experience the Euros and stuff. So these these games now they won't make up for the summer and stuff. The weather's still going to be a bit different. You know, the woolly hats and stuff are still going to be knocking around. But it's 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 what we want as players. It's what the fans want. We want to be all involved in big games, and that's something that doesn't come around too often for our for our little nation, which. It's it's so it's so exciting, isn't it? And we very rarely get to play teams outside of Europe. So to have that yeah. that moment, I mean, yeah, there's been this huge clamour for like a friendly against Argentina because of the, you know the Welsh colony stuff and other other bits and bobs, and it's never quite materialised. But you know, to, to sort of test yourselves against the world's best on, on what is you know, it's the biggest football stage, isn't it? Um, yeah. 
in a in a very very warm climate at Christmas. <laughs> it's kind of. Uh, I found myself watching the African Cup of Nations, Tim, because I was thinking we could play some of these in next year. Like if all goes well, we could play these in November. So I, I found myself watching games, and Mrs. was like, "What? Oh, what are you watching here?" It's like, <laughs> "Let's put some on." It's like, "Hold on a minute, I'm watching Malawi against Senegal," and she's like, "You're round the bend. Like, what's going on?" That is mad. I mean, we, we, I think in previous times gone by, there was just a, a belief. In the Welsh squad, whereas now I think to to a certain extent there's an expectation because we're hard to beat. Yeah. If you're hard to beat, you're always going to be in with a shout. I mean, you go back yeah. to the to the um, to the Estonia game; it wasn't pretty, and we were like, oh, we're probably well below par on a very very yeah. cold night. But if you stay in it, you give yourself a chance, and then we get the chance, and we you know we we sneak through. You know, you make a couple of good saves as well. So I think, is, is that something that, that's been instilled from the managers gone by and Rob has just happened to push that further? Or is, is that is that something that he's brought more to proceedings? I'm, I'm just kind of curious as to when there's when there's changes in managers, whether they're enforced or people just move on or whatever. You know, there's always the risk that it's going to upset the dynamic of a camp. But he seems to have just carried it on and, and gone about it in a very very calm manner, I think. I think calm seems to be the, yeah. the right word for him. He's he's been brilliant, AJ. Um the situation obviously was difficult for him. Yeah, yeah. But I think what played what played into his favour in the beginning is that so I knew Pagey, I worked with Pagey in the on the under twenty ones when he was assistant manager. There was a few of us who knew him through that. There were some boys who so you like sort of uh, Brooksy, Harry Wilson, all the, that sort of age, Tom Lockyer, Joe Roden, they all played for him in the under-21s when he was manager. So he's always had, he's got that rapport and relationship with players anyway. Then he comes in to be part of the coaching staff, which he fitted like a glove. Everyone knows him. He's a great character around the place. He's experienced being a manager in the football league as well. So he's been the number one elsewhere. Yes, it's a different realm in terms of the level of football, it being internationals and you've got to cram so much into a short space of time, tactically, lots of meetings, but he just took it all in his stride uh, and continuity was the biggest thing. And the first thing he said in one of the meetings before his first game, it might have been a Nations League game, might have been Czech Republic at home, was one of his first ones when Schick got sent off and then Connor got sent off with one Yeah, one yeah. Uh, yeah, DJ scored their header. He said, like, talking about because he was a defender, he, automatically he's going to think about, you know, the back line and stuff. And he said, if we get that right, we have got players up the top end of the pitch that people are going to be shit scared of. No, obviously, Gaz has done what he's done. He's still got unbelievable quality. Rambo is so underrated, even to this day. Apart from outside of Wales, he's underrated, and I, I don't yeah. understand why. He's so he's such a clever player. Um, then you've got the pace of DJ. We've got Big Chief, who's my f- my favourite player in history, Keith Moore, because he's he comes and heads everything in, in our box, and then he heads everything in their box. He's been a, he's been a revelation. Big loss, uh, though. Big loss for for this for this Oscar. Yeah. Um, it, it is foot injury I think I can't remember I'm sure it was a foot injury Cardiff. yeah yeah. he only came on briefly didn't he and I think he, he's yeah. done something to a bone in his foot which is a shame which is a blow but I mean we've, we've dealt with we've dealt with a situation a million times haven't we uh, it wouldn't be a Wales situation without something a bit of drama or, or, or some sort of setback of such but we're, we're in we're in decent form uh, there's a real excitement around the group and it's, I think it'll be elevated and times, you know, a million, if you like, because we because the length of time we've been away from each other and there's not been a game. I'm, I'm sure the fans will feel that as well. Such such big game slash games coming up. Mm. It's felt like it, it. It's it's always felt so far away since the November game, since we finished that that Belgium game, which was a brilliant another brilliant night. It's just like, oh, we've got to wait for so long now. Uh, but listen, we're around the corner. It's exciting times, mate. And 
Mm. Hopefully we can do the business and we get to go and uh, go on another little adventure, experience something new. Good to see Aaron getting getting some more regular minutes as well with the, the Rangers move. I think a lot of people um, were surprised by it. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, if 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 you're not if he's not getting a game time at Juve, he was expecting to get a lot more, and he can jump at the chance to get the fitness right up the top and get minutes on the pitch. Then it's a no-brainer, isn't it? it doesn't matter who, who the club yeah. is. So I mean, uh, people can say what they want about Scottish football, but Rangers is a massive club. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a Rangers, Celtic, huge, huge football clubs. So to to go and play for them, you're not. You're not playing down the park, or you're not playing at a low level. You're, you're playing in front of fifty thousand every week. You've still got big pressure. You've still got, you know, we saw last night in the Europa League, they go and just demolish Dortmund on their own patch. It's what you make it, and I think it's a really clever move from Rambo. I think he'll take the experience of, of what he what he'd have learned, good and bad, over in over in Italy, and he'll bring it he'll bring it with him to Rangers, and and ultimately selfishly as, as Welsh fans and players we want Aaron Ramsey fit and firing mm-hmm. because we know he can unlock it he can unlock the door for us we you know our job is to keep it tight and then we let the the boys who like to get on the back pages let them go and do the stuff and, and we'll stay quietly and try and keep a clean sheet that's that's how we roll we've got a bit of a, a sort of a newish breed coming through that they're going to take the baton on going forwards the likes of you know as well as yourselves and and, and it's sort of within that realm you've got the likes of you know Sauber Thomas Brennan Johnson just players that that are getting us excited now because even in you know in Prague and, and um, Estonia like we were just buzzing for Sauber to get on the ball like, just give it a go just give it yeah. a go seen that long ago he's at Boreham Wood and then he's at, at you know Huddersfield um, so to see these players come in and get sort of indoctrinated to the Welsh way, as I think is known now, you know, and just trying to immerse themselves in that culture is, is kind of like a joy to behold, I think. And I think surely that um, I imagine everybody's quietly, quietly confident going into that. And, you know, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? I mean, how much would it mean to you to, to play in a World Cup? I mean, it's got to be, is that, is that the pinnacle for any professional? Oh, yeah. I'd I'd say so. I think um, if you if you're asking Danny Ward, ten years old from the council state of Mancot, uh, that by the time he, he before he gets to thirties, he would have played in two Euros and a World Cup for his country, I'd have laughed in your face. I'd have said no chance. You know, even if even if Danny Ward of ten years old became the best goalkeeper in the world or of all time. Does it, it, it didn't, couldn't fathom that Wales would get there. You yeah. know what I mean? It, it's just, it would be unbelievable. It would be um, certainly the biggest sort of achievement, I think. I, I mean, it's a question we'd have to ask Gareth, really. He's achieved everything in football. He's won, you know, I don't know what, 35,000 European Cups or whatever it is. But if, to get to, to sort of complete the set of major tournaments for your nation would I think it'd be the proudest or the biggest achievement for a Welsh player personally Um, but like I say maybe that's one we should ask Gareth Thanks again to Danny for all the time he spent with us. I think he, he gave us more than two hours of his time, for which we're very grateful. Um, it, it, it should be said that, uh, obviously, we didn't foresee Danny Ward getting into, uh, injured ahead of the Austria game. But that's unfortunate, but hopefully it's still all relevant. He still is the number one, and I'm sure he'll be back um, sooner rather than later. You've ruined our content plans, Danny. But other than that, thank you for coming on. Um, right, predictions. Andy, where do we stand? Uh, you all went for Bromley wins. Um, I didn't. I went for a draw. So it's as you were for Liam and Tim at the top on 46 and 44, respectively. Bromley wins or Wrexham wins? Oh, sorry, Wrexham wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, no. <laughs> no, same thing, same thing. Um, no. <laughs> I, I've got 42 and... And Reese is lagging even further behind on 34. Plenty of twists and turns to come. That's all I'll say. 
we should ask the li- listeners what they want for forfeit. Yes, and a good opportunity to plug our new email because um, so inundated with emails was the last email account that it actually broke. It's the first ever example of a Gmail actually breaking because there were too many emails. So we've had to change the email. That address is now fidzine at gmail.com. Zine? Zine? Zine. What's a zine? But he fanzines. Like an enzyme. <laughs> Zine? Fid. Right, I think we mean I think we mean Zine, don't we? F I D Zine at I mean, Gmail. I mean Zine. That's all I'm saying. I'm I, I'm uh, doubling down. So it's, it's a magazine. It's a fanzine. Uh, okay. That's the worst brummy accent you've. <laughs> okay, Andy. Uh, yeah. So email us what the what Andy's forfeit should be for the end of the season. Oh, no, no, no. We still got two. We got two games here. We got Halifax and Dover. Right, yes. Reese, do you want to go first? Halifax? Uh, Halifax, we're playing on telly, which obviously makes me nervous. Uh, it's a must win. I'm going to say 2 1 Wrexham. Wow. Dover? Uh, Dover on Saturday. Home, yeah, of course, all home now, basically. 3 uh, 0 Wrexham. All right. Cool. Uh, ooh, Halifax. I can see another draw. I hope I'm wrong, but I think it's going to be two each for Halifax, and I think we're going to beat Dover 4 0. Tim, is it definitely on the telly, Halifax? That's kind of yeah. I hope so. I went to the pub to watch it. All right, okay. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, I'm gonna go for two-one win over Halifax, and I think I'll go for a conservative three-nil win over Dover. A conservative three-nil. Well, the aren't they? So yeah. Yeah. Uh, finally, Liam. I want us to beat Halifax, but oh, I'm going to go for a one-all draw, putting my practical hat on, and then Dover 4-1 win for us. Okay. So, obviously, Leighton's going to be out, but we're hoping to have Hayden back after he went off uh, against Bromley. And that and Davis having a few more days to recover. I'm hoping it served us well for this uh, period. Uh, oh, it's just For me, the key is just getting... Palmer, Mullin, and Davis on the same pitch. I don't think it's happened much. And if we can keep them together till the end of the season, we've got a chance. Optimistic. Not optimistic, Andy. And also, we've got to mention commiserations to Wrexham women who fought valiantly to the very end of their season today. Pipped to the title by Fandidno. I think it was 3-2 in the end. Late goal. Yeah, last minute goal, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, massive progress, nevertheless. Sort of good, good work by by Steve Dale and, and the ladies. So, commiserations to them, but you know, onwards and upwards to uh, next season. Yeah, and hopefully they can push on over the next few seasons. They'll certainly have the investment. We hope that's something we'll be checking up on. But uh, thanks very much for listening. We'll be back next week. Goodbye. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.